Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There you go. Hello, everyone. We're live. Sorry about that. So uh, we are coming to you today from the great country parts of Michigan, South Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Toronto, Ontario. But first, Russ, go ahead. So a couple stories today. First quick one is there's a, a state auditor for the state of Mississippi, Shad White, who really made some, some uh, headlines today. He is trying to get back uh, money that was illegally spent welfare funds. The big name on that list is Brett Favre. Now, What's interesting about the Brett Favre one was it. this was mentioned like in 2020, and apparently he gave some of the money back. Well, now they're asking for the rest, which is $828,000. That was meant to be for the welfare program. Somebody wrote that if a single mother was to get these kind of funds, it would take 324 years. So somehow Brett Favre got it. Then you read on and you realize the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, was into this for about, I don't know, 700,000. Then his kid, who Ted DiBiase Jr., who was a wrestler, not very good, um, was into it for like $3.9 million. And it's just, and then there's another football player. And this well, is what, taking was this? Yeah, you're going to have to explain was this. Because well, I don't Yeah. Like how, what, so okay, so basically, they did no welfare check is that amount of money. Like, what, what are we talking about here? $4.6 million in, in total. Uh, actually, no, it's more than that. Million Dollar Man's son. Well, I mean, what, what did they get here's, this for? Here's what it is. So okay, good. they did a completion of a federal forensic audit of the Mississippi Department of Human Services, and they came across money that was awaiting on, uh, let's see, former executive director John Davis, who's awaiting trial on embezzlement charges. So this guy has something to do with these funds that went out. So these funds went out, and the state auditor, Shad White, stands in front of the, you know, so blah, 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 you don't need to know he stands in front of the American flag, but he made these depositions, and basically these funds, which were meant to be for welfare, now have to be paid back. And yeah, but so how, did, how did the athletes right. get them? I think so they forth. got it from the guy who's awaiting trial, the John. So, so he just arbitrarily handed out he, money to athletes? Yes, because the initial story was, with Brett Favre that he got money for uh, speaking engagements that he never did, and he kept the money. But then he's like, well, I didn't know where the money came from, that it was illegal money. So, but again, if somebody gives you money for speaking engagements, <laughs> Something you didn't never do. did anything, yeah. it's interesting that he would just keep that money. Well, I mean, how many speaking games would you have to do to get – yeah, over a million. Oh, dollars. that's the whole point. That's why well, it's not like a small it, amount. It's not like someone sent you a check for two hundred bucks. It, if if you're Hillary Clinton, five. It's like you, know, you get like two hundred thousand yeah. so dollars. Yeah. Just as an example, yeah. Brett Favre received one point one million in funds from two nonprofits whose founder has since been indicted on state and federal charges for their alleged role in the largest embezzlement scheme in state history. Wow, and it involves some big names. It definitely involves big names. That's yeah, I, I, that this is one of those ones that we probably can't do it justice in three no, minutes. Yeah. Be, um, 
Yeah. There's a newspaper. If you just follow Shad White, you could just find Mississippi Pre Press. Go read it. It's an amazing well, thing. Why, why do I get the feeling that Russ is bringing it up with the, and rubbing his hands with glee no. because Favre was an ex-Jet failed no, quarterback? You, here's one that made so you guys sad. don't cash that check I just sent you, okay? No, but, and here's one that made me sad. So the Baseball Hall of Fame, <laughs> uh, Marty Appel, who used to be the uh, the PR director for the Yankees for many years. I've met him. He's a great guy. Mm -hmm. chatted with him many times. He just posted on a Yankee group that Joe Pepitone had to drop a lawsuit that he had against the Baseball Hall of Fame because he wanted the Mickey Mantle 500 home run back. And this whole thing, like that's, if you want yeah, to read it. Yeah, going on forever. Yeah. This has oh been God. going on. The, the, the bat has been there for 54 years. 54 years. And it's just it's a whole it's, thing. I could never even part of the history. Why would you? Why would anyone single one person want that? It's just so ridiculous. Well, well wait, wait. Because he wants did, money. Yeah, he, he wants, wants money, the money. Yeah. He had bankruptcy problems, and and he was trying yeah, to it. get money from this. Growing up, I can't tell you how revered Joe Pepitone was, even in my neighborhood on Long Island. He was like the young Yankee guy that yeah. maybe power hitter that was going to replace Mickey Mantle. And he, there was a lot of buzz about Joe Pepitone and well, well, Russ, problems. Oh, Russ, the question I have is, did Pepitone give the bat to the Hall of Fame and now he wants no. it back? No. no. The Hall of Fame, the bat was given to him by like Mickey Mantle's family. And then, of course, after people passed away, Joe was like, no, 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 that, like, that's my bat. And then that's where the lawsuit started. Okay. And he just well, I think original, originally Mantle gave it to him. Well, that's right. what he claims, but okay. even the Hall of Fame says no, 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 no. The Hall of I think Mandel g gave it to the Hall of Fame. Oh, They've had yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, so Mandel was still alive when they had it. Okay, okay. So, they, now, they've had the Hall of Fame for a long time. Yeah, now what, four years. Now let me just bring up one thing before we start here. Yeah. Okay. Um, as a, a postscript to the whole Gruden situation, the Tampa Bay it's good news day today here. Good yeah, yeah. The, 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 the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, have decided to remove his name from their ring of honor. Uh, and somebody on social media, which I, you know, that's justified. Somebody on social media brought up the fact that, okay, Tampa Bay has removed Gruden for, you know, misogynistic, racist comments, all the things that he has said. But the Buffalo Bills have not, still not, and probably will not remove OJ Simpson's name from their their wall of fame and neither has the football pro football hall of fame he was found innocent. well right well that's the thing he was found well, innocent, he, but everybody he was in jail for something else actually. right but the stuff that would get it yeah. the stuff you know in the jail the other jail stuff is not necessarily going to get him removed from the, no, actually, well, the I, don't, I don't know about that I'm, it could i mean it could, but, maybe with russ and mike on this i mean i don't know i'm just act, throwing it out there that's he why was, they're doing he it was acting he was found not guilty. I know. I mean, that's I'm not. not that's I'm not. not definitely not here defending OJ Simpson. Right now. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I yeah, might be counter to you guys sometimes, but I'm not. That's not what I'm doing. Rommel, yeah. Rommel. <laughs> Look, I, I would be with you know if that was the only thing he did, then I would say, yeah, you you know you you shouldn't take him out because just because we think he's guilty doesn't mean right. you know that he was found um, not guilty. So, but he did commit a uh, crime and. Uh, uh, ended up going to prison over it, so you yeah, know yeah. that might be enough to roll out. I guess you'd have to know, you know, what have they done? If uh, well, I shouldn't say if to the other people who have been convicted of a crime. Yeah, right, right. Which a lot of them have, and you know, if you guys are really interested in, the, in that, this kind of stuff, though, there's a podcast I just started listening to, which is unfortunately they just stopped doing it. But there's about three years of episodes out there. It's called Stuff You're Wrong About. 
It's an amazing podcast where he get they get into like they go into historical things that everybody thinks is one way, and they and they and they it's a guy from the Huffington Post and this woman from um I think the LA Times, and they really just they they go they are phenomenal. Like it's it's incredible listening stuff. Like they just they did a whole thing on the Electoral College recently, which was amazing. Like how that actually came to be, which I had no idea. I mean, I've heard about you know issues with it, but how it actually came to be was pretty incredible. Um, how drunk they were when they put it together, like certain things, like it, they were, and they were, they were, and they they wrote in their notes, like Adams wrote in his notes, you know, like this is going to be the solution, even though I don't think any of us can see straight, like, it, and he's like, we, you know, we have been like, because they were drinking cider at the time, which they had to do because they couldn't drink water and it was freaking hot as crazy when during the Constitution Convention. So great stuff. Anyway, we'll get on with uh, we'll get on with the show. Mike oh, actually, you know what it is about OJ, Mike? There's a there's a rule, and I'm not going to get into trying to find the rule. There's a weird rule with the Pro Football Hall of Fame that won't let them take down they can't remove him from there so whatever the circumstances are that's why he's still there once you're in you're in here we go okay all I right um once you're in you're in <laughs> when you're out you're out yeah <laughs> when you're only halfway out um all right here we go um then you're not in at all that's right <laughs> here we go hello hockey world it is wednesday october 13th 2021 I'm Michael Agello, live in Toronto, and from the Things You're Wrong About podcast, uh, episode one is Eck picking the Edmonton Oilers to make the playoffs. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. Kevin Allen, Occubus. And I'm Eklund, and, you know, Mike, more people agree with me than that they're making the playoffs and agree with you if I'm not making the playoffs. So let's let's just throw that out there. And I did mine yesterday. I went through the whole – in my, my blog, you can see I went through the – it's a spoiler alert like I wrote. Don't check it out if you want to know exactly what happens. They do the whole all the divisions, all the playoff matchups, what happens in each round of the playoffs, and who gets all the awards. I went through the whole thing yesterday. So we don't have to watch this year. You don't have to watch this year at all, no. Um, you know, unless – especially if you don't want to see a 1994 Stanley Cup final revisited. Anyway. Um, oh, my goodness. All right. Here let's, we go. So let's move on to um, let's move on to things. And uh, Mike, where Mike, you're up in Toronto. Um, what have we got going on? Well, okay, uh, I'll get we'll, we'll get to that because Toronto is part of our Atlantic Division, which we're going to okay. a preview. So there's, but, a, uh, there's Marner news going on right now. Right? Yeah, it's it's still up in the air. Game time decision. He skated this morning, so they think he's going to play, but they're not a hundred percent committing to it. So I mean, we'll okay. we will see. Um, we have to talk about the games from last night and yeah. I think more importantly the ESPN broadcast because <laughs> it was the first time in what was it 17 years yeah. um I thought there were some good things I thought there were some unfortunate things I'll just I'll be I'll be diplomatic here and I'll I'll, I'll say this um and we'll go around the around the, the board here um I thought the play by play uh, both games was really good. I thought yeah. McDonough was a little, uh, a little rusty at the beginning, uh, you know. But uh, you know, he definitely knows how to broadcast the game. And Ray Ferraro is one of the mm -hmm. best color commentators yeah, in the business. Totally and, then, and then the second game, you had Bouchergras and and Brian Boucher and AJ Malesko. So I think they got that right. They picked the right people. Uh, the unfortunate yeah, can I say thing something about that, Mike, on the, on the yeah, second no, half, yeah. I tweeted it out too on the second half that I don't know if you, if I can, if I can find four people who've been nicer and kinder to me over the years, then, then we're doing that Seattle. It was funny. Just like that Seattle show was just like straight up. Like Butchergrass has been incredible to me. Kevin Weeks has been incredible. Um, super, mm -hmm. these are super nice guys. Linda Cohen's an amazing person. Brian yes. Boucher. It's like Brian Boucher is uh, these, those four just, I don't know. It was, it was really kind of, I thought they did a good job and I might you be. Any argument from us. 
I remember yeah. it might be biased because they they are definitely I would consider friends, but they it was really something I, I was really like Bucciagross to me is a treasure in this country. And I think that for hockey, and I think that it was his passion for it was just was beaming. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. People were giving him hell, but, you know, we'll get to that. Uh, you know, I mean, Kevin, what did you think of the play-by-play and the color? The play-by-play was it was first rate, but, you know, they hired guys that all have a track, or I shouldn't say guys, yeah. they hired people who all have good track records. Yeah. A.G. Malesko has gotten better and better every broadcast. Yes. She, she does. Uh, yeah. Started out, she was fine. Now yeah. she's moved into, uh, and she has good rapport. Like yeah. um, she did. The, uh, when she interviewed Hacksaw uh, on the, the bench, uh, you know, you could tell that they had, you know, a, a relationship. You know that yeah. they, um, you know, he was co- very comfortable being interviewed by her. So they got the right people. I thought there were some goofy camera shots and everything else, but you know, it was game one. Like I'm not gonna, yeah. you know, hold yeah. their feet to the fire over the game one. You know. You should try to get it right, obviously, and they probably made more mistakes than they should have. But you know, they had one shot where I wondered what it was all about, where that one from up top and <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were trying some things for sure. I'll tell you the only thing, the only two things that kept popping up on my feed. So if you want to even say it was for me, it wasn't. It was from other people too. The sound was an issue in both of them for whatever reason. They really wanted to have the crowd sound in there, and it drowned out. The actual broadcast so that i, I, I could longer in the first game than the second game russ i could barely hear Bucciagross in the first period yeah, it was people like, were talking about that a lot yeah yeah um, it was really but, was but yeah. Thing. The, yeah the other thing is I, I and i don't want to give the nfl too much credit here but it does seem like when people get jobs on tv there they are a lot better briefed a lot they they practiced a lot more I can't tell you that there was a lot of practice in between periods with uh, Mark Messier and Chris Chelios. I didn't learn anything. I don't know if yeah. anybody learned anything. Uh, they barely well, spoke about anything. Like there was, there was almost no substance in every one of those breaks. Well, this, this, this is this is the thing. It's like I mean, Steve. I you know, Steve Levy is really good. He's really uh, good. I thought you know, Linda Cohen and and and, and Weeks uh, were were good in the, in the second game. Uh, yeah, I, I, honestly, I didn't know what, other than being Chris Chelios and other than being Mark Messier, what did they bring? They didn't bring any particular insight. I know it's one broadcast, so maybe they'll get better. I mean, I, I'll, I have to say, Barry Melrose, I think he was there to show off his gray, long gray hair. He, did, he didn't really uh, provide anything. Um, well, there has to be a better I, way to set them up, Mike. Like uh, We were talking about this before. It's like really hard. Like These guys who are new, who are hockey players, needed to have a little more set up and like you're saying prep i think you know just like and i mean yeah, i think well, they're gonna, they're, they're, the they, they, they have to do their homework like yeah you know like you see the the pros like any old check yeah Jones, uh, you know they go into dressing rooms they interview people they make calls they do all that and barry melrose i i remember talking to a general manager years ago and who was a prominent general manager, he said, how many times do you think Barry Melrose, Barry Melrose had been there 20 years. How many times yeah. do you think Barry Melrose has called me for information? And I said, I don't know. He goes, never. He never He's had. never once called me. So now, how many times do you think you've called me for information? And I think that's the, the case there. Like, I don't know that Mark Messier and Chris Chelios know yet yeah, that you, know, you got to dig. You know, you got to be able to come with yeah. something. You know, as Mike said, insightful. You got to yeah. come with stuff that's a little different. And they're yeah. just you know regurgitating, 
you know, staring at the video and saying, yeah, you know, uh, well, he shouldn't have made that mistake. Well, thanks. And you can, you can, you can tell right away when it comes like, okay, like for example, Tony Romo in the NFL, he was good right from drop from, you know, yes. the, the word drop. Oh, he was, no, he uh, wasn't good. He was unbelievable. You know, was they, unbelievable. Though, yeah. they put yeah. him in a studio and they had them go through broadcasts. Yeah. Right? But he, he's just a natural. And you yeah. know, it's like, I remember when he kind of hit the airways because I, I was working, still working for USA Today, and I had to, you know, do a story right away because we were reacting to that about okay, who could we find like that in hockey? You know, that who oh, yeah. could just do things so yeah. differently and have such insight. Like if you remember, Ro Ro and we don't have play calling, but if you remember, Romo was calling the plays before they yeah. happened. Yeah. He still yeah, does. All of, yeah, that's right. still does, he still does, but they, I think they've always actually told him, Kevin, to stop doing it. I think because they, they want. I, I, saw yeah, that. We, I, I read an article but, about that, Mike, actually. I read an article that they did tell him to stop that because he was yeah. basically like spoiling a lot of the plays that were happening. Right. But the, but but in, in hockey, last year, yeah. Kevin BX on Hockey Night in Canada, Jen Botterill, uh, Botterill on, on, on Hockey Night in Canada, they yeah. were fantastic from the word go. And that's what I'm saying. You know, I, I'm not saying that Messier and Chelios can't improve, but all I know is that on night one, they didn't give me anything other than, oh, great, we saw a video where Chelios high-stuck Messier and he was I don't even know if they spoke to John Cooper, who would have been the easiest guy to speak to. Yeah. Yeah. No, you got to do, do your homework, you know, like – you got to be able to say if a guy makes a mistake, you know, you know, this guy's weak to the left side here, you know, right, yeah. they were worried about, they were worried about that line combination before the game or whatever, just something. Right. You know? Yeah, no, that's right. That's exactly right. So you I that kind of, yeah. you throw that thing in there, it's something. Now yeah, I, I didn't find that as problematic in the second broadcast, the second broadcast, because of who they had much more prepared. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Linda, because Linda Cohen is sharp as hell, and yes. she's like she and she knows. Way, it's Cohen. I have to say that because Linda I'm Cohen. Sorry, Linda Cohen. I'm sorry. I call her Cohen. Russ Cohen, Linda Cohen. Sorry, like Cohen. Like, Linda Cohen like, and I have a funny story because like, like Roy we, Cohen. Whenever, whenever I go to the NHL events, you know, and I and we and I'm at you know I'm at the take at the NHL media hotel taking that tram the, the bus over to the over to the arena. For whatever reason, I'm always on the bus with Linda Cohn. It becomes it's become a joke between the two of us. It's like we always just tend to be on the bus together. It's it's hilarious. So that's you know, if I'm you know, unless I've organized it ahead of time, I'm always on with her. It's it's so she was so she's been like she's been super supportive over the years. And then and 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 just I know how smart she is. I've sat there and I've talked to her about the games coming up. Yeah, well, she's a goalie. I mean, she played. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, she knows New York hockey especially. She knows oh, the yeah. Rangers, Rangers inside out. But um. Yeah. Yeah, well, so okay, so game game one, yeah. You, uh, Pitts, boy, you could tell a team was put to sleep by a by a ceremony, yep. because I know as much as I was put to sleep by it because it was just so long and drawn out. But that, you know, hey, you win a championship. That's I guess that's what you get. It's for the you know, fans, you, it's not for the players. It's for the fans, right. right? But Tampa Bay was comatose in that game, and Pittsburgh completely outworked them. Now, yeah. that's not to say that I think Pittsburgh is a good team or Tampa Bay is going to miss the playoffs, but for one night, uh, you know, they really got outworked. And, and, Russ, what did you say about Cooper? Well, Cooper was mad. I could tell by the beginning of the second period he was really mad. And I honestly think even when he knew the game was over, he was throwing – he was taking Vasilevsky out because he was – I think he was basically saying it's not your fault – and yeah. I'm going to put these guys out there and let them try and defend the net now because I'm annoyed. But yeah. the, the other thing about this game is 
I have a little insight with the Penguins only because when I was in Pittsburgh for, you know, a week and I'm watching the USHL Fall Classic, it was also the start of Penguins camp. And you remember I remarked a few times um, how hard they were working. Like I felt like they were working extremely hard, a lot on their skating, a lot on their puck possession, a lot. And and that's how I kind of knew they were going to have to play this year without their two biggest stars. And you know what? It's showing. They're pesky. They're yeah. going to try and get the puck, and they're going to try and outskate you. And Tampa was not ready for that. Sullivan runs was. good practices. He does. I mean, whenever I've whenever we've seen Sullivan practices during the finals or whatever, yeah, he runs really. Well, he, out, he ran all the Ranger practices when Torts was coached. Yeah, so. and he he definitely and 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 Crosby also when he's practicing, you know, doesn't let anybody go half speed. It's like it's no. everything is all the time. You know, like it's like yeah, the, you're so right. That's the thing. Crosby just makes sure everybody's going. If you if anybody's not moving quickly, it's like. It's, it's full on all the time. Practices you're going to play, kind of stuff, which is the Penguins. Yeah, yeah. You know, Sidney Crosby might be one of the most underrated captains in NHL history. Like, nobody ever talks about what a great captain he is, but he, but he is. Like, I don't know how good he is at organizing the Halloween party, which is always yeah. the test of a good captain. But but I, he sets a just a mean tone oh in, yeah. in practice, and he gets everybody going, and he works hard, and uh, he plays hard, and, you know, there's, a, there's uh, a lot to, that goes into his captaincy. It's awesome to go to. I mean, I don't, I'm not a big fan of attending practices. You know, they're not usually all that interesting. But with him, it's, you know it's going to be something. When he's there, you know it's going to be at least you're going to see how fast the freaking Penguins are. You're going right. to see them at, at full speed. And, um, you know, that's a big difference between and – I, and I think Sullivan also plays into that because I remember – the coach before Sullivan, you know, with the Penguins, they had they had, had upbeat practices, but it wasn't like this. Like this is like Sullivan definitely pushes that as well. Like that's that's his thing. So, yeah, I, I thought the Peng, I thought the it looked to me like Tampa was playing a preseason game essentially, like yeah. still. And I mean, they didn't hit a thing. Like I couldn't remember one check. I couldn't remember one time that anybody. That's a good point. I can't remember either. Like the Penguins weren't hitting people either, really. No. But I mean, neither of those teams are going to kill you with their hitting. But at least you would expect some. You got to play some well, kind of desperate uh, hockey. Uh, some uh, kind of uh, you uh, can't play hockey uh, if you're not playing desperate. I'll refute that just but because early in the game, uh, Tampa Bay had a line of Colton, uh, Matthew Joseph, and and Corey Perry. When they're getting when they're right, that that line is going to be held to play against because they're all a bunch of high energy guys. And you know they were they hit they threw out a few hits in, in a shift, but yeah, after that it was pretty much a no hitter at all. And you know when Brian Boyle is is scoring for you, everything is uncontested. Going right. Uncontested just comes right up the middle. <laughs> I mean, that was insane. <laughs> really, I mean, I'm happy for him. Obviously, that speed but. that speedster Brian Boyle. But um, I mean, imagine if Vasilevsky wasn't in net for that game, what the score would have been early on. I know. And I, I liked a lot of the guys they had. I liked a lot of the Penguins players, you know, young some of the young players. I'm like, I was impressed. You know, that was definitely. I mean, we saw the Penguins play in the opening game last year. Russ, you and I were at the Flyers Penguins opening yes. game, and they were horrible. The they Penguins were. were. I mean, so the difference between this year and then last year, well, and they I had Crosby. They, they had something to prove with Burke there too. Yeah, I think it's kind of like okay, we can't whine about what we don't have. We're just going to try and surprise teams, and so far they did. That's all nice. you can say. It's nice. It's nice. And Jerry, you know, like that feeling too. Well, they have a good game. The one thing I told Mike, which I thought yeah. they did a very good job, the Penguins defense, Jerry is another one of those goalies that kind of likes to steer the puck in the corner. So nobody was near him or in front of him in the net. They let him win the puck battle. And if you put the puck in the corner, they were there for it to get yeah. it out quickly. But there weren't that many pileups in front of them. And 
There was like one or two, and that was good because usually when Jerry can see the puck and be athletic, he's usually pretty good. He's at his best when he gets up really fast too. Like yes. when he goes down, when he, when he goes down and stays down a little bit long, that's when you know he's struggling. But he was right. up; he would be down and up. He was up immediately after making saves. Um, the second game uh, was, you know, a fascinating one. I thought it was it was really kind of like kind of crazy, and the, it really felt like Vegas was just going to kill him in the beginning of the game. It, it felt feel like, like that. Felt like I, mean, I was like thinking to myself, and I even texted you guys. I'm like, is it right that we that we that we put Seattle in this position on the on their opening game of their franchise, you know, like one of the one of the cup favorites and, you know, throw them on, on the road. But, you know, I was in. I mean, Seattle kept working and and they and they found they found their holes. And I think they kind of got screwed. I still feel not convinced that that goal was 100 percent. I don't think he legit. kicked it. I don't think he kicked it. There's definitely angles where it looks like he did. And there's angles where it looks like he didn't. It's bizarre. It like, looked like the skate blade was pretty straight when it hit it. That's the way it sort of looked for me. And when you there's one angle I, I'll I'll bring up that's just okay. insane. That that like that really just looks like an absolute kicking motion. But there's but, one thing. There's there's a good plus and a minus for Dave Haxtell as a coach. Yeah. I certainly watched him enough, and so did I. He gets those guys working, and he gets them yeah. skating end to end. But the problem is, if you're skating end to end to like like that, you better have a rock solid defense. They don't have a rock solid defense. And so I do think they're going to lose a lot of close games because I think it's going to be hard to play that way for an entire season with the roster they have. You also have to be at the pit of conditioning. And I don't know that they oh, yeah. have that the players that were the players, the teams let go, weren't exactly the greatest conditioned players on their team. That's you know, I mean, not to be a jerk about it, but you know, if you have a really incredibly conditioned player, you're going to hold on to maybe a little bit more than you're going to hold on to. Yeah. Um, but Kev, your thoughts? Well, I, you know, it's it's funny what Russ has said because the the Kraken think they're, the strength of their team is their defense. Um, so yeah. they think they're going to have trouble scoring goals. They did get three, and they got them, I thought, you know, after falling behind, those are the hardest goals, I think, to get yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, at least they had some fight in them to, to get some offense. Uh, what did you think about Grubauer? Uh, in that especially on the winning goal, like yeah. winning goal. What the hell was that? Like on the winning goal, what yeah, was he, that? Yeah, he bailed out on one or two of those goals. I have to admit. I, yeah, I thought he was. He did not play well uh, at all, and uh, um, you know, but it's one game. Let's see what happens when they come together. Yeah. Been, been there a while, but although um, Leonard, we could say the same thing. Like the rebound that he gave up to Donato was just like a gift. Uh, especially yeah. when you have a two nothing lead at the time, right? I mean, that's a bad rebound to give up. Yeah, Russ, what's your thoughts on Donato? Why he has just bounced around, and never made it? You know, I based on the way he performed at the Olympic Games, I thought he was going to come over and have a nice career. Like I thought, oh, he's not going to be a star, but I thought it'd be the guy that can get twenty goals every year and you know play pretty well. He's a smart player and everything else, and boy, he just has not found a home. I know. Uh, he, he's smart and has a really good shot. I don't think he's really good defensively. And I think as yeah. a result, a lot of coaches don't want to like put him on the power play if he doesn't play a 200 foot game, but he's really good on the power play. But you well, saw, I, even on that rebound, he is always around the net and he does have very good hands. And you know, this is what I'm, why I wonder if there's something going on there because you know, yeah. there are plenty of guys in the league that don't play defense. No, um, yeah. They're very good at it and they last, um, but right. he just keeps getting traded. Well, and he's, never heard he's, he's, a nice, he's a nice kid. Yeah, you know? yeah I, I, I know that with Boston, because um, you know he he was ballyhooed when he went to the Bruins, and right. they could they could never put him in the top six because their top six was so strong, and they couldn't uh, stand him not being a one way or one zone player as a bottom six forward. So right. he wasn't a good fit there. But the other two places 
they needed offense, you know, San Jose and Minnesota. And I'm, I'm equally as puzzled because I think he's got talent. So, you know, maybe he gets a chance there uh, and, and gets a chance to play in a, in a top six role because they really don't have a lot of scores at all. Yeah. Now, yeah. Morton Geeky, yeah, I, I mean, you, you, shot you, for him. Usually there's room for a Harvard guy. Yeah. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, in Boston. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm just surprised just based on uh, the fact that, uh, you know, yeah. I know. A hardworking kid. Like, when, before he was yeah. drafted, when he was in college, you know, not only is his dad his coach, but his mom does was showing him all the video. So, you know, his video coach was his mom. And she would go yeah. over with him all the time. So it's not like. He's not a well-schooled guy, and you know yeah. what I mean. Like he, he is. So you, you make a good point. The geeky thing. I was happy for Morgan Geeky because he's a guy that probably, if he wasn't on a stack team like Carolina, could have broken through a little sooner in his career. And because he was terrific in, in junior hockey, and now he's a little bit stronger. He's never going to be really fast, but he does know where to go. He's kind of like Tyler Toffoli in that way. He does know yeah. know where to go on the ice and has a really good shot and. You know, he was at the right place, right time, getting a play off the wall, and that was that was good. He felt him. like the Alex Tuck of of the, of the Seattle team. You know, what I mean, like like the like yeah. where the heck did this guy come from? And Alex Tuck, yeah. you know, was kind of like. All and they're going to have a few of them this year. I mean, yeah. Jaden Schwartz will probably be their leading scorer, but they're yeah. going to have a few of these guys that fans are going to be like, "Why did we never give this guy a chance?" You know, but there's always circumstances. And too. I think there's something really interesting, and I wanted your opinion on this, Kev, because I think that this is we've talked about this before, but. The, how there's levels of hockey, you know, where you the people play in the regular season and then they have finally regular, they find their playoff level, you know. And the interesting thing about hockey that that I think is more drastic than almost anywhere else. And I think you see it the most when you see expansion teams because they're they were they're they're playing like a playoff level. Like a, if an expansion team comes in, it's at you know it's it, this is like the biggest game of their lives. Like last yeah. night they were playing like that was at a playoff level, and they're coming into Vegas who's playing the first game of a long season. Um, and I'm not saying that the first game is still exciting, but you really see how a team can hang with the team if they're at that other level. Yeah, and, but and one of the reasons they're at that other level is, um, and this is true on all teams, but more so on the expansion team. Like even when you're into the regular season, you're still fighting for jobs, yeah. and positioning. Yeah. You're trying to convince the coach. Like there's more of that on an expansion team than on a pretty well established team. So, like nobody on the Tampa Bay Lightning is thinking they're going to change Cooper's mind on, you know, where they are. But it, that's possible in Seattle that Hextall, yeah. you know, probably still has an open mind about some of those players because, you know, he's only seen them in, um, you know, a few games. If he, if he had eight games and, and you, you know, you probably only played four of them. So, yeah. you know, they still they still think the uh, the chalkboard is clean and they can, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, and, and somebody mentioned Jared McCann in the chat room. Like, he's going to score everywhere he goes. I, I thought he was a first-round talent in the draft. Uh, I think the issue is, is just that he's never really caught on with line mates on any of these other teams. He's had pretty good point years already, mm -hmm. but I just don't think it, like sometimes it happens. It just guys will go from a couple of teams until they actually do fit in. And, yeah. and Russ, he's been moved from wing to center every, every place he's been. And he's never really settled in. I mean, when the Leafs traded for him, that the talk was, well, is he going to be the center that replaces Kerfoot if the Kerfoot gets yeah. uh, picked by Seattle? Yeah, uh, it, it's, well, it, you know, I think he is a center. I, you know, I they I put keep him here because he's he's pretty good at it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's, you know, I don't know whether he likes it or he doesn't, yeah. but you know, I think he, I think he actually does a good job. Like I think if he's your number three center, you're in really great shape.
agree. Um, we got to move on to this division yeah. thing. Yep. Right. So, just, 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 just quickly. Uh, yeah. Matias, Matias Ekholm signs a four-year extension yep. with uh, Nashville. It's six point two five mil a season. Currently, he wanted to get the deal done before the beginning of the regular season, or wasn't going to be open to talking about a contract. I don't know if I believe that. That's just a negotiating ploy. But yeah. um, six and a quarter for Ekholm. I mean, he's not a, a zero. High, off I don't. I don't yeah. For what he does now, I think it's high. Yeah, he's not a he's not a zero offensively, but he's not a no. But he you know, two two years ago is his stock has fallen quickly, and yeah. to, me, to me it has at least. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah he's not like he's good defensively, but he's not a hitter, right? You know, you look, you look at his hit numbers; they're not great. So he's a big guy. Um, I think he's a good one on one defender, and because he's big, you know, he's bulky and he can stand in there and. But, you know, he's not a zero offensively, but he's not great. So that might be a little high. But, you know, what we saw this offseason is, is I used to say if you had a pulse, you got $2.5 million. If you have a pulse, yeah. you get 4 or $5 million now. Yeah. So, you know, so it, 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 I, I would agree that it's a little high. But, you know, sometimes you you do give pay a premium for, uh, you know, loyalty or, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So maybe. Yeah. Um, but, you know. That's not going to help Nashville's rebuilding. No, you know. That's so the issue, yeah, yeah. yeah before agree. we get started on that, I, I really want to because I'm really bothered by this, and Russ can probably provide a lot more insight on it. The Kravtsov situation. Yeah, let's go. There. I, I just don't understand that. Like, I feel, you know, he, he came over. Um, he didn't come over right away when you wanted him to come over. He finally came over. And I just didn't feel like they gave him a chance to show what he can do. And I'm sure their argument is. Well, you know, he was the only guy we could put in down through waivers. Um, but, you know, honestly, you know, why did you bring him over here? You know, if you weren't going to give him yeah. a shot to play. So. It's complicated in the sense that you do wonder that. Uh, I did wonder because he didn't have a good preseason. I, I think he scored a really pretty uh, power play goal like in his last game. So he probably didn't meet expectations that way, even though he's a young player. But I'm just saying, in, in general, uh, I'm not sure he was a Gallant guy, but Kevin said Gallant really didn't make the final decision. So then, you know, it made me wonder, Kevin, I haven't had a chance to look at the dates on this. Remember, Drury was in charge of Hartford, and Kratzoff went down there, wasn't happy, basically went back to Russia because he had a clause in his contract. I kind of wonder if Drury didn't like what he saw or heard or whatever. Now, when he was over in Russia, Kratzoff seemed to be better. He was scoring some goals. And I was getting reports that maybe he's matured. Well, maybe he hasn't matured because the minute he wasn't going to make the team, already his agent's calling, talking about, you know, Trade. what can we do with this player? I don't know what his yeah. agent said. Yeah. But really, According to Friedman, they've already granted him permission right. to go out and look for a trade. Well, that, so. that tells me that his client does not want to play in Hartford again. Well, right. he, oh, for sure. But I also think it shows if they've granted permission, they've already decided they don't want him around. So maybe there's, I will say this. For some reason, I had in my head he was like 23, and he's only 21. He's only 21. Like, yeah, so at 21, when the team tells you to go down, you go down without you go down, Yeah, Yeah, but this, 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 that's why Drew is probably mad because of but, what but, happened before, and it, it happened yeah. again. This this is this is sim this is similar to the Pooley RV situation in Edmonton. It's like you know he sort of got misused. He got sent to Bakersfield, and then he said, "I'm not going back to Bakersfield. I'm going right. back. I'm going to Europe." So if, well, I can, if I'm going to if I'm going to make the NHL, fine. If not, then you know, trade me or or let me go back to Europe. 
This is true. Uh, that, I do have a little breaking news here too that, uh, and I was following this right beforehand, and I was going to mention it right after this. But um, that we do have. Um, it looks like McAvoy is going to sign the Bruin eight-year eight deal for the Bruins, uh, nine and a half million dollars a year. Um, which is boy, well, boy, the, you know the price of poker is going up for defensemen. It's really, right? I mean, yeah. he's, a, he's a terrific number one defenseman, but nine and a half. Oh yeah, no, he's, he's really, really good. But you know, mm -hmm. like a year, a year ago. That would have been, you know, in the sixty to sixty-four million range. But you know, I'll tell you what's really funny is, and even McAvoy felt this because I spoke to him about this pre-draft because he was a Long Island guy. I paid a little extra attention to him. I watched him uh, play before the draft and everything, and there wasn't a lot of talk about Charlie McAvoy pre-draft. Yeah. And even that day when we went and interviewed players, I asked him about that, about why he felt like that was the case, and you know, he didn't have a good handle on that. But just look at. From what, from draft day to now, what he's turned into, and you kind of wonder if other teams should have maybe, you know, been a little more bullish on Charlie McAvoy. Yeah. Well, wasn't that the same draft as Ole 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 Yulevi? Yeah, there you go. Let me uh, let's go back to Krasov just a little because I want to make yeah. a point here because we've talked about this before, but this is another instance. You know, one of the issues we continually have with Russian players is we and the fans uh, overvalue um, the KHL. Like yes. uh, they think it is a much better league than it really is. Now, top players, elite level players, the, the uh, Kravosovs of the world, um, they come over and uh, they do well. But you look at the, the very good players that have been very good in the KHL that have come over here and mm -hmm. struggle. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, most people now believe Gusev cannot play in the league, right? Uh, right. Which is crazy because coming over, we all thought, hey, yeah, yeah. And Vegas, go ahead. And he played, and he played fantastic in the Olympics, and then he, and he yeah. I mean, he had it. Well, that's the thing. Again, I know this because because he was a PTO with the Leafs. He had a really good year as a top six player with New Jersey. I think he had 40 some odd points. And then the following year when Lindy Ruff came in and we know Lindy Ruff's record when it comes to Russian players, he, and, and, and they, you know, the model with the, with the devils changed for, I think they were going more to why are we going to play a 30 year old Russian when we can play a 21 year old kid who are developing, you know, that's, that's why he ended up uh, basically asking them to, to buy out his contract. Now, I think he can play, but he didn't show it in, in training camp with the Leafs, and they just said, see you later. They'd rather sign Josh Hosang to an AHL contract, and now he's in Scott St. Petersburg. So, yeah, I, if, yeah, I guess well, if it's not put on a silver platter for him, he's, he doesn't want to play. Well, and then there's other – you know, the guy in Vegas, uh, uh, Shripnikov. Shipichav, yeah, Shripnikov, yeah, or whatever. No, Shripnikov, okay. Yeah, yeah he uh, yeah, he didn't make it, and, you know, they're just – Nikushkin uh, – was yeah. another player who was a first-round pick. Uh, you I know, think the we should give Mishushkin some credit, though. He has stuck yeah. with it, and he's actually looked. Oh, look, he's nothing like. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly my point. Like he, he's an NHL player, but yeah, yeah he's not anything like people were saying he was going to no. be. Yeah, no, his after his after his rookie year, he looked like he was going to be a thirty-five yeah. goal scoring power forward. But then he got he then he got injured. He got injured, yeah. and that may have affected him. Well, there's one more element to this that doesn't get talked about enough, and this uh, this has been told to me by some Russian players. I think the first one who talked to me about it was Igor Larionov. Russian players like playing in the KHL. Yeah, they like, do. Just to stay home, to play the reduced games, 
um, uh, to have your friends and family be involved in it. They don't have to deal with the changing a culture that they have to go to. Yeah. You know, we think of what what a what a bonus to come to America. But you know, when yeah. I went over and covered the Olympics, I talked to younger people, and they don't feel that way. They see <laughs> a, a ugly America. Okay, uh, yeah. they don't really want to come over here now. Some of the players, the top players, you know, they know the great players are here and they do want to come. But, you know, the guys that are just maybe, maybe not, they prefer to stay. You know, the KHL pays pretty well. So, yeah. uh, I mean, it's not the, the NHL, but you can make a very, very, very good living. As, lo- as long as you don't, as long as you don't mind getting paid in a brown paper bag, everything is, everything is well, available. I mean, some teams <laughs> still uh, struggle, but uh, – but you know, but yeah, but it, the cost of living is not that. I mean, it's it's definitely, you know, you can definitely do well over there for sure. And and yeah. and, why, and the culture difference between Russia and the U.S. is very, is a lot more severe than like Sweden in the U.S. You know, like there's a big difference. Oh, yeah. So it, it's much yeah, harder. I mean, than, I, I, I'm dealing with Lucas Raymond now, who made the Red Wings, who's you know from Sweden, and you know, he sounds like he could have <laughs> grown up in Minnesota. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like he's. Like it's, uh, you know, he's, uh, his English is fine. And, uh, you know, you can always tell like the other, he was talking to the media the other day and he used, uh, people were asking uh, uh, who he was called first in his family when he made the Red Wings. And he said, what well, was simultaneous? The Swedish player used that, you know, meaning he <laughs> talked to his brother and his mom and his yeah. you know, dad yeah. all at the same time. And I thought, oh, come on. Well, he's probably had uh, English in school for uh, twelve yeah. years. Yeah, you know? yeah. So uh, it's so it's so very true. I mean, Peter Forsberg was like, you know, he didn't sound like. He Actually, I will say this: home. I don't know if it's true or not, but it does seem like Kev, when players come over, there's more Swedes that are fluent in English than the Finns. Yeah. The Finns have a harder time. Yeah, I think I think that's true. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah, the Sweden. I mean, if you ever visit, I mean, I've been to Sweden, but um, I've been to, I've been to Sweden a couple of times, and it is really legitimately like you can speak English to everybody on the street without they a question. Teach, they 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 teach English <laughs> and gram they teach English in grammar school. It is, uh, it's really really uh, yeah. easy. All right, um, yeah. so let's let's get on. Well, we're gonna have to go through Atlantic pretty quickly, here, which I don't want to do. But what we're gonna do to sort of speed this up to start to do is I'm gonna have each of us go through our bottom three teams first. Okay, so six, seven, eight, and the order that that's in, because I think that that will be. Well, you go first. You go first. I'll Dak. start with. I'll start right now. I have the Ottawa Senators at eight. I knew it. I told our you. Our card is set. There you go. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, we 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 knew act. We knew that Russ and I made a little bet before the or after the show yesterday. We knew show. that. You, yeah, on the post show, we knew that you would not pick the team that is going to finish probably dead last in the NHL, eighth in the division. Thank you. Thank you very much. No, thanks. I appreciate it. Well, I just think Ottawa was a mess, and I think I think Ottawa was a total mess, and I just think that not yeah. Only- but they got, look. All you guys yeah. do is look at the roster. I mean, there's a handful of really good players. On yeah, I want to say there's that. really I terrible. I mean, not terrible, but there's then there's oh, players yeah. that aren't so good. You know, so all right, we'll see. I mean, Buffalo doesn't have those. Yeah, seven. Yeah. I have Detroit, um, <laughs> and um, and and you know, and and this is not a, you guys. And six, I have Buffalo. All right, so oh my okay. Let so me let me go here. You know, I have this feeling of this us against them mentality in Buffalo that might work out for them better than you guys do, obviously. Um, but all three of these teams are going to have issues, right? And they're all three. All three of these, I think, these are the three bottom teams in the in this division, pretty I, securely. I got a feeling, a feeling deep inside. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> no, okay. Um, go ahead. Ninth. 
ninth is the Sabers. They're, they're probably not even good to finish eighth. Um, I mean, their their goaltending is decrepit. Their defense, other than Darlene and maybe Yoki Haru, is is not really that good. And their forwards, other than Cousins and Middlestat and maybe Olafson, I mean, they have a bunch of hole pluggers who are a lot of four A players. They're trying to finish thirty second, and they will probably very much succeed. I think you know Don Granado will do a good job developing the players that have talent, but there are a lot of hole pluggers there. So, um, so I have, I have them eighth. I have, uh, Ottawa or sorry, excuse me, Detroit seventh. I think, you know, the, the, the young players will, you know, there'll be some growing pains, but they have, there's some talent there and Ottawa, I I think they're going to get Brady Kachuk signed fairly soon. And if they do that, then, um, I think they, they, of those three teams, they have them, they have the most talent, further developed further along but uh um but if kachuk holds out then that they could fall behind detroit i i have the same as mike other than i don't believe brady kachuk is signing anytime soon but that's it play the same order so kev what's your bottom yeah, I've, I've got the same same deal buffalo eight uh red wing seven i you know i think it's close between the young talent on detroit and mm-hmm. ottawa but i it think is. ottawa a little bit better mm-hmm. just a little bit all right, so then we move into number the number five position. Um, this is where I have Montreal. Yes, number five. Um, is so anybody in, anybody in this like as, as counter as you guys think I am? Yesterday, tell Kevin that we all predicted basically the same thing for that division in the Pacific. We were pretty much the same. We oh no, no, the, except for the, the very Pacific. top. Yeah, everybody thinks I'm just like con- constantly countered everything, and we I, I don't just do this for the hell of it. All right, Montreal, number five. We all have that. Okay, number four is where I have Toronto. Uh, this is where I put yeah, Toronto. That's where I have them too. How about no, you, I, uh, Russ? No, um, four would be uh, the Bruins. I, I I'm with Russ. I I I think I think the Bruins. The, the scary thing is is that apparently, and I I you know I have to ask Ty Anderson about this, but Swayman has outplayed uh, Allmark in the preseason. Yeah, yeah. And so I hope so. I hope he outplays yeah. him because I think he'll be the goalie. Yeah, right. And well, then you know, signing a five million dollar backup is a, a little strange. I would, I would have thought that they're spending five million bucks on on Allmark that he would be the starter. Now, if Swayman's that good, then fine. I mean, I, I'm a little questioning some of the, uh, you know, some of some of the the whole fillers for Krejci and Halla and Felino, um, and God forbid if they have one injury to the the perfection line that always puts them in deep trouble. So I, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I have it four and four. And they, I think they'll, they probably squeak in, but they, they could miss yeah. too. They could. Yeah. Um, wow. All right. Number three is where I have Florida. Um, and I thought, you know, and, and I, my feeling, this is, this is the thing about this. I think Florida is going to go further in the playoffs than this. I do think they'll win their first round series, but I, I also, I also, when I predict these things, Sometimes you, it takes a little bit longer for teams to actually come into their complete own. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like Florida is a playoff team. I do think last year they they played in an extremely easy division. Florida did, um, and I'm not saying that you know. Then, although they were very good, I felt like that division was not very good. I mean, beyond Carolina and Tampa, the division had a lot of weak links in it, right? So, to me, um, I, I think that I think they will struggle a little bit because of the pressure that's on them. I don't. I think that there's more on them than 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 people realize, and people. Everyone's just going with them as the as the you know they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. I just think that they will do it, but I think it'll come more in the playoffs than the regular season. In my opinion on that. 
I I have I well I have Toronto three. Um, Toronto three. Okay. I, yeah, I I think you know they're bringing back mostly the same defense and which was good last year. Morgan Riley's got a lot to prove in, in, the, in his walk here, potentially in free agency. If he puts up a big year, he probably won't be back in Toronto. If he has an okay year, then they probably will re-sign him. Um, obviously, Matthews is hurt right now, but it's not a long-term thing. He'll probably be back next week. Um, you know, the McKayev injury hurts them. I think the big question with them is the goaltending. Um, Campbell played really well in a limited window and played pretty decently in the playoffs. I, I, I'm skeptical of Morazic, even though in the preseason he looked good. That's the preseason. We'll see what happens 20 or 30 games into the, into the year. But, you know, I think third is where they, they fit. They'll be in a guaranteed playoff spot. But as for whether they'll win a round, we'll see who they play. Kevin, third for you? Uh, third for me is the Bruins. Um, you know, I think they have a nice culture yeah. uh, defensively built in there that uh, they pass along. Um, guys kind of feed into that, and uh, um, I, I like Swayman. I thought he played well last year. Every time I watched him, I, yeah. uh, I thought he was good. And I figured, you know, they just weren't comfortable with the idea that a young goalie might start. But I thought they were going to be open minded, and I still believe that. I think they're if Swayman is the guy they'll do it. And I'm not ruling out two grass showing back up That's here. Too. No, you can't rule it out. Yeah, I you know he wants to play. He said so publicly. He only wants to play for the Bruins. You know, the Bruins want to – they've said publicly they want to take another run at it with this group that's not getting any younger. So I think they'll figure out a way to bring Tuka Rask back uh, as well. And uh, as long as that line – and Mike hit that nail on the head. Uh, as long as that line stays healthy, I mean, boy, Bergeron is still one of the best all-around players in the in the league. And, uh, yeah. you know, they do have – you know, the Taylor Hall, I'm fine. He seemed to – play better there than he did in Buffalo. So we'll, uh, uh, I still think they're, they're third. In. But, you know, I they could flip-flop, in my opinion, with uh, Toronto. It's possible. Yeah, um, I I have Boston at two. Well, um, I didn't do my three yet. You can do your I, three yet. Do good rest of your thing. The only thing I was going to say is, Kev, I'm surprised they have Taylor Hall in front of the net, but that's where they're putting him, and we'll see if that stands. I don't know. That's a new that's a new spot for him. He seems excited by it, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Yeah, Tampa, I have third because their top six is great. Their goaltending is great. Their defense is really good. But their top six now has to be better than it's ever been before because they're not going to get a lot of scoring from their right. bottom six anymore. Now, they could change that at the deadline and maybe trade some of their young assets to do that to try and three-peat. But as the regular season goes, I kind of see them slipping in third. I don't even know if they're going to even – battle for the division league honestly yeah they, there's no, there's no motivation there as long as they get in the playoffs they know that they can they can turn it on at any, at any point i mean they don't really care if they're home or away or whatever that's how talented they are i i think i actually think their bot their bottom six are not as bad i mean it was one game i think you know no, adding, I'm, not that. I'm saying just yeah. during the season yeah it's a lot of young guys they have to they, they have to gel if not they're going to be moving yeah. along a lot of pieces there yeah, I mean, they added Belmar, they added Perry to the to the bottom six, and if any one of Ketchuk or Radish or or you know Joseph or Colton, if any you know, a couple of them looked rusty last night, which I was yeah, surprised. yeah. So is Radish like thirty years old by now? Like no. we no. about him forever. Like yeah, twenty. I think he's twenty three. So you know, like, his older brother's much older. He's like twenty seven. He played a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 
I have Tampa. I have Tampa too for all the you know pedigree and everything else. I think I, I don't think they care about winning the division, but I do think they're good enough that they're going to win a lot of games. And you know, I think it's going to be more nip and tuck for for Toronto and Boston. So I think Tampa will finish second. Yeah, I've got um, Tampa second as well. Okay, Tampa yeah. second. Um, go ahead. one thing I just would add to. Um, you know, I just happened to talk with Jeff Blashill today. They're playing Tampa tomorrow. And he pointed out that their left side of their defense is by far the best in the National Hockey League. And um, that McDonough doesn't get enough credit in his yeah, mind. Exactly. He's one of the best one-on-one defenders in the league. Yeah, no question. Uh, yeah. He's very difficult to beat, and uh, uh, he's so good uh, defensively. So I, th- I think, you know, again, their depth is eroded. So if they get injuries, they're in trouble. But I still think there's enough there. They still have the top goaltender, still have one of the top three defensemen in the yeah. game, still have uh, a good offense, even though I think it may fall out of the top ten this year. Yeah. Uh, this, so, anyway, they, I have two. They don't have the luxury this year, Kev, uh, of having Stamkos missing 60 games or Kucherov missing the entire regular season. Yeah. All the depth is gone. They, they need both of them to play all the time to win. But it's pretty uh, nice to have Kucherov for an entire team. season. <laughs> Are you doing do number two? Do number, do right you can do number two. Go ahead. Okay. So this is where I have the Leafs. Um, I'm hoping, and I didn't notice the final roster. Mike, where, where do they stand with Sandine and Lilligren? Did they both make uh, it? They both made it, Sandine. Right. Lilligren is the seventh defenseman right now, okay. but uh, it, it, they're going to mix, they're probably going to mix them in. Uh, but Sandine is in the starting lineup tonight. Yeah. And I, I like Sandine a lot. I have Mike knows I've liked him all along. I think that's a really good ad for them. I think their defense is, is actually better than what people give them credit for, especially the chat room. They want to say it's not great. This isn't like a three or three years ago Leafs defense. It's much better than that. Uh, they do still have an issue where maybe goaltending could still be a little bit of a question mark. We'll see because I don't trust Morazic, and maybe that's me. But at the end of the day, they have loads of offense. I know Marner's out, whatever. Matthews will miss a few games, whatever. They still have a, a, the majority of offense that you need to to succeed in the regular season. Postseason, we'll talk about it another day. Yeah, okay. Um, Boston, like I said, number two for me. I just I watched them in preseason. I was just really impressed with the fact that this team just keep, keeps finding players. Like you know, some of the young guys they have in there that just they had in there were just incredibly impressive. The top line looked very good. Um, you know, this and and McAvoy, I, you know, he signs today. I he's one of my favorite defensemen in the league. I'm really thrilled about that that signing too for them, and I think Rask is going to be back too, and that's going to put them in a really weird spot because they're going to if they have, if they have Rask in there with three goalies, I mean, all making five. Million, well, you know, by, I mean, by, Rask by, making more than five by, million dollars by that time. Oh. Omar, by that time, Omar will be on the IR, so that won't, won't matter. Yeah, and Rask, it'll be one of those the last contract uh, yeah, bonus right. plus two million type. Yeah, 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 yeah. So th- I mean, I and I think that I mean they have. I just like the way their their defense looks. I just like the way they play. Um, they just they're very hard to play against. They're, they seem like they're the most mature all around team in this division, um, and they just have you know because they've just been doing it forever the same way. Um, and I have Tampa at one because I, I just you know and this is you know, I did this before last night's game and, and you know, no, I wouldn't take last night's game too much you know still has to be a grain of salt type game, but um, I really do agree with you what you're saying i think mcdonough was something i was going to mention i mean he is fantastic and just makes unbelievable plays and and i mean the play the, the moment last year in in that islanders game with like five seconds left remember that whole crazy scurry that was like i thought was like the most exciting last 10 seconds of, ho- of a hockey game when mcdonough takes a shot spins around gets another shot oh, yeah. 
it, McDonough still the skill he showed in that moment to try to tie the game, even though he didn't, was just unfriggin' believable. Like he, he's he, so he, smart on the ice. Like he oh makes God. he never has a hiccup where he makes a dumb play on the ice. He does that a lot last when seconds are ticking off in periods. He does it all the time, but people just yeah. don't notice it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. really true. So no, I think I, I think Tampa's gonna be there. I think they're gonna be there again. Okay, I, I have Florida finishing first. I think the addition of Reinhardt, uh, the the uh, you know Bennett being there for a full year, Blad coming back, Spencer Knight. I mean, they're they're really a much deeper and better team than they were last year. Um, I, you know, I even you know I don't even know if Olevi's going to play for them, Russ. But I mean, you know, I think yeah, I don't he, know he's going to get maybe get an opportunity to be a bottom pairing guy. But I just, I just. I like the additions that they made and Quenville, we can't dispute his, you know, his abilities as a head coach. And now he seems to have players that, that want to be there and he wants them. He wants to coach. So I think they're going to, they're going to not run away with the division. I think they're going to be a very, have a very successful year. Yeah. I have them first because I do like the goaltending tandem. I think Bob as a backup is terrific. He'll start the season as a starter. They'll work in Spencer night. Again, I think everybody could see, uh, after they put in Spencer Knight in the playoffs and he didn't have any problems, he had a 933 save percentage, that that's a really good sign. But, I mean, this guy has had the, the, the basically uh, a good career even before he got to the Florida Panthers, like being one of the top goalies in the U.S. system. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be uh, talked about for the Olympic team. Maybe he won't make this one, but he'll certainly be there for a bunch of the others. He is a guy that always had this pedigree, and he had it at – in college he's got it now and i think it's just a, a matter of time they know it you know i've spoken to brian mccabe about it a couple times they they basically said to me two years ago whenever spencer knight is, says he's ready to play he's going to play and so you know how often does a team do that yeah. with a young goalie and then you know people would say to me well how could they say that they have bob well now they're they're doing it but also zito added an incredible amount of depth more depth than the Tampa Bay Lightning have. And I think I think the Panthers will beat the Lightning in the season series. I do. I think they're that good. I think they're strong down the middle. And this may be the best defense I've seen them put together. And everybody says Ekblad looks really good after yeah. coming off the leg injury. And that's a big key. So I don't know what's not to like. Well, the crazy thing about Ekblad is like if you if and I don't know if you knew this or not, but you probably you may have figured he was like he was incredible playing unbelievable last year when he got hurt, right? And yes, he no, at I the time know. he got hurt, if that if we had a full season, a full 82 game season, he's a 25 goal scorer last year. Yeah. Ekblad is, which is which like, is <laughs> which is ridiculous. That's what which he is, did in juniors. He would always score yeah. like 15, 20 goals. I mean, that's yeah. ridiculous. And, though. and, and you have, you have to say, you know, there are, there are certain rivalries right now, like Edmonton, Calgary, and you know, Washington, the Rangers for obvious reasons, but, yeah. but Florida and Tampa after the playoff that they had last year. And, and then what happened in the, in the preseason when Bennett sideswiped Vasilevsky, you know, mark those games down. They're going to be pitched battles. Oh, they're incredible, and yeah. they are, and they already have been. The preseason game was incredible, so it's just you know, you know, it's going to keep going, and they really want it to be. They both those franchises want it to be. You know, I get that sense. That's what's really that's what's really great about it. But I mean, well, you know, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I was just going to say they just have, you know, one of the top uh, five or six players in the game in Barkov, at least at least in terms of all around play. Yeah. And you know, not only is he great defensively and offensively, but he's got bulk. He's got size. Yeah. Um, you know, which makes it more difficult to deal with him. Huberdeau has been a very good player for a very long time, and now he's 
uh, even more well-rounded than he was before. But what I really like is in those middle uh, guys, uh, you know, the, the the stars below the stars, you know, they've gotten rid of guys like uh, Davioff and uh, Hoffman yeah. and replaced them with like Bennett and Reinhardt. Yeah. You know, Reinhardt, you know, has been very consistent in the last few seasons in terms of his production. And Bennett was just itching for the opportunity that he's going to get in Florida. And, you know, he's a guy that's going to get 160 hits and 20 goals and drive everybody crazy flying around the ice. So yeah. he had a lot of different elements to that team that already had a lot of elements. So yeah, and I think even someone like Owen Tippett could score 15 goals with that shot. He just needed to round yeah. out his game. So that's another guy that, you know, he, he he's yeah. barely a Although, piece last year. I, I meant it when I said I have Tippett fatigue. Uh, you know, we've been listening <laughs> for a long time. So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'll believe it when I see it, and if he does it, great. So it's pretty. It's pretty funny that that, that Bennett's. You know, we we. I know this from you know observations of people in Calgary that said that Bennett. You know, he they didn't want to play him at center. They thought he couldn't play center, and now he goes to Florida, and he's their second line center. It's not Reinhardt. It's Bennett. Reinhardt's yeah. playing on the top line with Barkov, and Bennett's playing second line center. And ever since he got there, I think he had 15 points in like 10 games uh in the regular season and you know if he does that if he you know continues that during this regular season he's probably going to be you know probably a point per game guy if he does that that's a, that trade was a an absolute disaster for the Flames. easy to forget anton lundell who is it was also on this team and who is also a really is, is anthony duclair could score 20 goals for that but lundell well, could potentially be rookie of the year this year and he's well no no he, he won't be rookie of the year but russ and i were I talking about there enough opportunity yeah. the best yeah. the best the best thing there is the fact that he's he's going to be behind barkov and behind bennett where there's not going to be a ton of pressure on him to produce that's a good thing for a 19 or 20 year old oh, sure. you know, and, and if what, he, look what carter brahegi did last year if he follows that up like this team is offensive. This team has a lot of offense and a lot of yeah, offensive yeah. potential. Well, yeah, it was good last year offensively. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, people yeah. weren't paying attention, but they scored a lot of goals last year. Yeah, they really did. They did. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I have them coming out of this division in the playoffs, but I don't. I, I think that um, the regular season, I just think Toronto and Boston might be able to best them. Although I think it's going to be super close. Like, I think with all those teams, it's going to be super close. Um, as it plays out, we'll see. We'll see for sure, but I think they're gonna have they're gonna have to give you know Bobrovsky a lot of time, and they're gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna kill Spencer Knight for sure. But how many games do you think Bobrovsky's playing? I don't think he's playing more than thirty. No, I think that's yeah. probably about right, thirty-five maybe, but no more than that, I would say. But that you know that's a lot of games, and but and Bobrovsky's not a bad backup as we talked about before. You know, he's like if, if I think he'll, I don't think he'll kill him for those thirty. I think again, yeah. I think he can get twelve wins. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think you know, normally I would say 35 is too many for a backup goalie because you really want, in order to stay sharp, most goalies told me they got to play 50 games or more. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this is a special circumstance. Spencer Knight is coming out of the college game where he hasn't yeah. had to face that uh, number of games anywhere near that. Mm -hmm. So. They may be a little more careful with him than they would with a normal young goalie. Yeah, that's fair. And you know that this will be a fun division to watch for sure. How many teams are coming out of this division for the playoffs? In everybody's mind, I'll end it there. How many coming out? 
How many? How many teams? Uh, are we a three or are we a four or five from this division? Uh, I have four. I have four, four and four Metro and 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 Atlantic. Yeah, I think ultimately it'll it'll be four and four. You know, Bob had um, nineteen wins last year. Now, I yeah. think, granted, it's not a great count for a starter, but I think as a backup for a fifty-six game season, it's not games. bad. It's not bad for fifty-six games. You know, like yeah. it was a short yeah. season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kevin, so, yeah. We, have, we have we have three, four, or five teams coming out of this division. Yeah. yeah, I think we malign him more because of his salary than yeah. you know his bad games and his good games. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he does tend to make he gives up bad goals at certain times. When you watch sure. him enough, he There's does. No he's, he's a bad goal giver upper once in a while. <laughs> that, that's when yeah. that's when he gets frustrating. But um, but he's you know I think I think it's four out of this division too. Although I wouldn't be shocked if it was three. Um, it wouldn't I, shock me if it's three. I think Toronto is going to be battling for their playoff lives. I really do. I think I think in that fourth spot, I think Toronto is going to be up against it because they're going to have to fight off you know somebody like the Rangers or the Flyers or somebody like that in the other division. So it, it'll be tough. It'll be tight. But now, so what the, Mike, no, no, we have for today. And uh, Mike, I'm sorry you can finish your thought. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. Go. Are you go. sure? I am positive. All right. Everybody enjoy the games tonight. Thanks for watching. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will be back again tomorrow. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.